Welcome to Belief Busters Podcast, where we change the world one belief at a time. True transformation happens when we question if the beliefs we hold are of truth, or simply someone else's belief that we have internalized as our own. I'm your host, Rev. Cherie Taylor-Jones, and I'm glad you could join us on the journey. When we talk about spirituality, it's very rarely that we also talk about sexuality. So I want to make our listeners aware that on this episode of Belief Busters podcast, we are going to be talking about sexuality. You'll hear terms like BDSM, swingers, masturbation. So if you're uncomfortable with the subject or those terms, visit and listen to another episode. For those of you on the journey of self-discovery and realizing that wholeness means embracing both the physical and the spiritual, then this is the podcast for you. We want to give you permission to really live a juicy, fulfilling life, and your sexuality is part of that. And we want to give you permission to explore and know that God is pleased with you as you discover all that you are. So I hope that you enjoy this episode on Belief Busters Podcast. And now for the conclusion of our episode on Belief Busters. Now that's the the message that I try to bring to the women who come to me is stay safe. Don't go out there and have sex for the wrong reasons. And the, the wrong reason to me is you know, the um, helping your self-image. If you're going out there because, oh, if, if I know this guy's going to have sex with me and I feel better about myself, and then he kind of goes away, it's like, well, there's a dip down there. And then you go out to another guy and another guy, another guy. That's not healthy sex. If you're going out there because you enjoy sex, then great. And I've seen this in the swinger scene. I'm, and I'm not a swinger, but I know a bunch of swingers. I have been in the swinger scene before. Mm-hmm. And I've seen women who have really are empowered around their sexuality and have a drive to have sex and love sex. And I think they're some of the most empowered women uh, because they're empowered not only around sexuality, but that empowers them in life. Yes, I, I can understand what you're saying to that. And for our listeners who are probably not going to become swingers and go out there for it, let's talk more about how do we self-pleasure? How do we give ourselves permission to actually start that exploration with ourselves, you know, to really open up our sexuality, which is just a gift. It is a gift from the universe to be Mm -hmm. a sexual being. It doesn't require a partner. If you've got a partner, well, that's really great. But if you're having some dysfunction with your partner, then how do you give yourself permission now to really explore your sexuality with yourself? So can you give our listeners a few tips on really just, you know, exploring their own sexuality? Yeah, I I would say the first one is start having conversations. When I've talked to women who first started on their journeys, what really kind of inspired them in many cases was talking to their girlfriends about sex. And they started to realize 
uh, like one of my former partners, she had never had an orgasm through penis and vagina intercourse. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Most women don't, but she thought she was, was the one broken woman in the world. Mm -hmm. And then she talked to some of these other girlfriends of hers and they said, well, actually I don't either. Most of them. And it's like, that was just a huge epiphany for her. So having these conversations where you start talking about sex, start talking about pleasure really starts to open up that lens. Uh, the second thing would be go to a intimacy or sex coach. In the erotic blueprint world, there's a number of erotic blueprint coaches that can have these conversations with you. In the sexological bodywork world, there's a number of people that can have these conversations with you. And just starting to understand what sex is and what pleasure is and how to pleasure. I mean, these coaches can talk you through different activities and different actions that you can do to self-pleasure. They can introduce you to toys and introduce that concept into self-pleasuring. You know, there, there's just so much that's out there when you can talk to somebody who is able to talk about sex from a non-gratuitous way, but a way that's just very fact-based and they yeah. start to understand. Yes. There is power in being able to have the conversation there is power in being able to deconstruct the crazy beliefs that we have in our minds that, like, frankly, every romance novel and movie, like the perfect, intense, romantic situation is she gets an orgasm through penal stimulation, right? That's the fantasy. But in our conversations with others, we get to really be able to deconstruct that we're no longer hiding what we think are our dysfunctions that aren't dysfunctions they're just normal normal yep yeah it was really fun when 50 shades of gray came out my sister-in-law who i never would have talked to about sex not because i don't have those kinds of conversations but because i never thought that she would be open or interested in something okay. like that and she called me up and her brother-in-law, not her sister, who's also a sex educator, my wife, um, she called me up and said, okay, what is up with this book? I go to pick up my kids from school and every mother is in the car reading this book. <laughs> and, like, and I had no idea. I'd never heard of Fifty Shades of Grey at that point in time. So I immediately ran out and bought the book yes. and started reading it. And I don't think it's very well written. Uh, and I think it's misleading around BDSM. Right. But what it did do, which was really hugely valuable, is it started that conversation for people about what is sex, what is going on. And it was so titillating. Uh, it's kind of like the um, beauty series by Anne Rice, or I, I forget mm -hmm. the pen name that she did that under. Now, that was another one that really started women having conversations about sex. I think Sex in the City, Samantha, I think. Yeah. I think that empowered women to have these conversations about sex. I think she was such a huge role model in, in that series because uh, people were starting to talk about sex just because of her. And so Brene Brown talks about the way to get rid of shame is to talk about what you're shamed about. Correct. So start talking about sex. You're going to find you're not the only person and what you think is so shameful isn't. Right. It'll start opening things up for you. Amen. There is so much power listeners in having the conversations and realizing you're not crazy and there is nothing to be ashamed about huge huge tip 
The other thing um, that you brought up, and I just want to talk about a few terminologies just in case our listeners aren't aware. So when you say BDSM, what do you mean? Bondage, dominance, discipline, uh, sadomasochism. There's another S in there. Um, submission. It's a really huge area of power exchange, different kinds of kink that people can play in. And it can be as simple as tying somebody up to a bed and and having sex with them that way, or you know, all the way to the spanking and flogging, and you know, just just that's a whole huge conversation to have. But it's basically bondage, dominance, submission, sadomasochism. I heard you say also was that you said kink. What do you mean by kink? Kink is something that's really outside of the ordinary, and so they they say that kink is only kinky one time, right? The first time you have it, <laughs> um, but. You know, and it's, I've heard it's that really, before. That's good. You heard that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's really true. You know, if if you do something once that is really considered kinky to you, and you know, it's it stimulates the hormones and and the excitement around the sexual arousal. You now, first time you do it, great. Second time, third time, fourth time, it's going to start diminishing its return uh, at some point. Not that you can't still have a lot of pleasure around doing some of these kinds of things, but there's people who live in the world of kink or BDSM, and they get lots and lots of pleasure the more, you know, as they're continuously doing it. But kink is just, you know, something different, something out of the ordinary. Since, you know, I'm a minister, there is so much stigma attached to sexuality that I really want our listeners to feel like we can have the conversation about these terms and no one's going to burn in hell. You know, <laughs> lightning's not going to come down and strike you. And really just to be able to hear that we can have a conversation about what is BDSM, you know, that there are levels to it, that there are layers to it, that, you know, just because you say you're into it, it doesn't mean that you're tied up and whipped, you know, that there's so many different um, soft to hard in that genre. Because in our thinking, what we hear is we hear the extreme from the media. Right. And judgment. I, I hate watching news shows because they'll talk about something and then the talking heads will inevitably throw out there. I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. That Why would anybody do something like that? It's like, you're supposed to be delivering the news, not your opinion. If I wanted the opinion, I would have gone to the editorial page where those things are welcome there. You know, they don't provide news anymore, unfortunately. And this is one of the reasons why I like the erotic blueprints. The erotic blueprints create an avenue for people to talk about sex and to talk about their pleasure and talk about their desires. There's, you know, if you're familiar with the five love languages, uh, it's very much like that. It doesn't replace the five love languages. It works in conjunction with, but there's, there's five erotic blueprints. There's energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter. And so what that means is if you're an energetic person, then there's certain ways that bring you into your sexual arousal and sexual pleasure. And if we can understand that that's who you are, then I know how to behave and act around you. And it creates a conversation. It's like, oh, I identify as energetic. That means when my partner's coming at me as a sexual, 
which is what we typically think of as men in America. And it's not right. true, but that's what we typically think of. So if I'm an energetic and my partner's coming at me as sexual, I'm going to be repulsed. I'm going to, to go away because, you know, it's too much, too quick. It's, you know, it's like the lack of foreplay kind of thing. It's like, no, I need foreplay. So for, for my example, my wife is energetic and I'm a shapeshifter. And so shapeshifter means that I play in all four of the realms equally. So the energetic was, which is more of an energy approach to engaging sexually. It also had, there's two parts to that. There's the light side and the, the dark side, not to be confused with shadow side. The light side is the, what you think of more as the woo woo, you know, hands floating above somebody's body where they can feel the energy of me. Yeah. The dark side is where there's a lot of teasing going on. This is one of the things that I love to do with my partners where you know, I'm rubbing my hand up against her inner thigh, just as I'm getting close to her genitals, I move away. So there's this anticipation of me touching and I'm not. And so it starts to create that desire. So that's energetic. Sensual is, you know, all the senses. So bringing in candles or mood music or the perfect lighting or, you know, the room being nice and clean or set up specifically for sex. Um, we have a room that is dedicated to us having sex. And so it's, it's set up very nicely. It's got all the, the oils and lubes and things like that and sensual pieces there. So it's great. Sexual is what we typically think of as men. Uh, which isn't true, but it's, you know, who cares about the foreplay, breasts, genitals, nakedness, orgasm. That's where we're going. Kinky is anything that's, to me, it's adventurous. So if I'm having uh, sex in the bedroom the whole time, well, having sex in the living room could be a kinky aspect for you. So as a shapeshifter, I play in all of those realms. So for my wife, I know that she's energetic. So I know that I have to approach her in a certain way. I can't come at her from the sexual perspective because she'll be turned off. She is sensual as well. So I can use that to a certain degree. Uh, but with all of my clients, they all fit, have some of those to a certain degree that they enjoy. Even kinky. A lot of people say that they're not kinky. In the Goop series, the guy says, ah, there's one guy that Jaya is working with and he says, yeah, I'm not kinky at all. And at the end he goes, oh, I'm kinky. <laughs> it's very, you know, there's a lot uh, that's available to people. Like you were saying, it's not just the whips and chains and, yeah. and being beaten you know, right. bloody. It's right. a lot. Is there anything specifically that you want our listeners to walk away from this conversation really getting? Sex is valuable. It's healthy. It reduces stress. It just, it's such a healthy thing to have and do. Yes, there's parts that aren't, you know, if you get STDs or something like that, I get it. But sexual desire is out there. Women have it just like men do. Don't repress it. Bring it out. Enjoy it. If you can't do it with your partner, you know, if you can, can lock yourself away in a room somewhere and begin to enjoy your body, and it doesn't have to be just your genitals. You know, when you're self-pleasuring, include your entire body. Just start to feel your entire body waken. That is the, the first step for yourself. And then having conversations with other people, but awaken your sexuality because it's super important. It is. I agree with you. 
Thank you. Dan, and how do you work with folks? And if they'd like to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do so? The uh, best way to do so would be go to my website, pleasureengineer.com. And I've got a contact me form there. I do a free intake. I'm just some random stranger that has a website. So I want to understand that I'm the right person to work with you and vice versa. Go to my website. I work with women and couples, predominantly women, to sexually awaken them. I'm a sexological body worker, a surrogate partner, as I've talked about before. And I'm starting to create a program to work with men because I've had so many women who say, well, can you teach my partner how to touch me and how to, to read my body and how to understand how to pleasure me around sex? Yes. And so I'm hopefully going to start doing that sometime soon. Great. Could you also just define the two terms that you just used to define you? I know one was the surrogate. The other one was the sexologist. Did I get that? Sexological body work. So sexological body work or somatic uh, sex practitioner is somebody who works with somebody else to, you know, around their sexuality. We are not therapists. So we're not looking for the dysfunction of what's going on with you, but we're coaches. And so we're trying to help you to get like a, like any coach, you know, get from point A to point B and the best way to do that for you. So what I do with my female clients is I have conversation with them to understand where they're at and where they want to get to. And then we figure out a plan on how to get them there. I'm also an erotic blueprint coach, which is doing a similar kind of thing. It's creating a specific language around all of that. And I, I incorporate that in all the work that I do. A surrogate partner is exactly that. I, am in, I move into a partnership with a woman who has never had a partner before. And she's probably usually terrified of a man for whatever reason. And so I create a very safe space for her to learn how to engage with a man, which you know, can be as simple as looking into my eyes. I had one client that when we first got together, she couldn't even look me in the eyes. She was so nervous being in the room alone with a man. Wow. And so I work with those clients specifically around being in a relationship with a man. And that works with a therapist at the same time, not in the same room with us. But, you know, when I work with a client, then we both go talk to the therapist to find out what's going on. So it's kind of like marriage and family therapy, where we're allowed to talk about sex. And we actually do the homework versus the couples that typically don't. Wow. Well, I, this was enlightening for me. I'm sure it was for our listeners as well. And I just want to appreciate you taking the time with us to have this type of conversation. And I see future conversations happening between us, Dan. My pleasure. I would be happy to. I'd love to. I, I've, I love this subject because uh, I wasn't allowed to talk about sex growing up. You know, I lived in the South. I lived near around Southern Baptist and sex was, sex was a really bad thing. We couldn't right. talk about it. And I have been so opened up to what's available to me that I want everybody to be able to have those choices for themselves too. Beautiful. Thank you. And for our Belief Buster Posse, we hope that we're giving you permission to really explore your sexuality. This is a gift from the universe. This is not something for you to be ashamed of or afraid of. Open up, start having that conversation and see the beauty that you are a sexual divine human being. 
If you are enjoying these conversations about assessing your belief systems and how to transform outdated beliefs, then please subscribe and give us a positive review. To support this podcast and its transformative work, you can also become a sponsor for as little as $5 a month. You can reach Rev. Cherie at info at beliefbusterspodcast.org. To continue on this journey of evolution, you can also get my book, Turning Your Why into Why Not, at Amazon or any other bookstores, which gives you practical tools to do this work. See you next time on the flip side.